You know what I really like about that song? It is my favorite Friday tune. Whenever you hear that song, you know it's time for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. And joining us again today in the studio, your realty expert, John Brodeen. And we're going to be talking with John in just a minute here. Look, if you're feeling cramped, uncramp yourself. And you won't feel overwhelmed by the idea of selling your home while you buy another. And you won't come down with a case of the, oh no, what have we done? Because our network agents have the expertise to see you through the entire journey and get your family where they need to be. Now, let's go get you home. Well, it's been like a whole day and a half, John. How you been? Hey, good. <laughs> I've been good. It seems like it was just this morning when I, I saw you. Second half of the week goes by fast. Yeah, it I does. Like it does. I like that too. You know, on, on Wednesday, we talked about um, buying rental property with cash or financing. We're, we're going to kind of stick to the rental property theme today, but you know, there's a lot of realtors out there or, or call themselves realtors, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. But if you're going to hire an agent, um, I want somebody that knows, okay, again, on the rental property, say I've got a duplex. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I want to sell it. Now, Hiring an agent who knows, you know, rental property when selling, uh, you know, like this duplex. But what can go wrong if your agent doesn't know, well, squat about rental properties? Because, like I said, there's a ton of agents out there and they all don't know everything. Yeah. Selling an investment property is much different than selling a single family home. Um, the biggest difference is how we look at the value and how we determine the price. Okay. Um, if it's going to be, if it's a property that um, an investor is going to be buying, so this is going to be small multifamilies. Um, you know, if, even if somebody buys a small multifamily to live in one of the units, mm-hmm. they care about how much money it's bringing in mm-hmm. because maybe eventually they're going to move out of it and rent out both sides. So they're looking at it like an investment, not like a home purchase. And so therefore, we're not going to put as much emphasis on the comparable sale approach. So the comparable sale approach is how we would evaluate like a single family home, townhome, anything that a uh, owner occupant buyer is going to move into. And how we do that is we look at comps that have sold, which are recent sales, similar square footage, similar style, similar size, similar year built. And we adjust for any differences. So we're basically we're looking at the past sales in the market to determine what this property is worth mm-hmm. with, um, with a duplex rather than it being about the square footage and the bedrooms and the bathrooms and how nice it is, the major factor that we're looking at is how much money is it bringing in. So um, we're going to look at previous duplex sales, but rather than, how, rather than looking at how much uh, they sold at maybe per square foot, um, we're looking at how, what multiple of the rents these properties sold at. And that gives us an idea of what investors are willing to pay for properties right now mm-hmm. as a multiple of the money that they're bringing in. And then there's other factors you have to look at, like who pays for utilities. So when you get into larger multifamily properties, it's going to be mainly about the cap rate. The cap rate is, um, and, and a nicer property is going to sell at a lower cap rate. A more rundown property is going to sell at a higher cap rate, meaning it brings in more money for how much you're paying for it. And the reason that you are going to get a property that brings in more money in relation to how much you're going to pay for it is maybe there's some deferred expenses coming up. Whereas something that's completely ready to go, super nice, is going to trade at a lower cap rate because you don't have those upcoming large expenses. Mm-hmm. So um, a cap rate is basically uh, the net operating income um, as a uh, percentage of what the property is selling for. 
So net operating income, we're not counting the the loan servicing costs in this, but we're counting all the other expenses. So mm-hmm. we're talking about maintenance, vacancy, any utilities that the owner pays, um, snow removal, lawn care, management fees, all that kind of stuff. That's how we determine the NOI, the net operating income. Oh. And so if the net operating income on a property is uh, $50,000 a year mm-hmm. and it's selling at those, those type of properties are selling at an eight cap, you would take $50,000 divided by 0.08, and that would tell you how much that property is worth. Oh, so okay. that's for like larger, like once you get it, it's, we're not getting as crazy about cap rates when we're still in like the duplexes and fourplexes, duplexes and fourplexes. We're mainly talking about like a GRM, a gross rents multiplier. So we're not diving as deep into the expenses, but we're looking at what the rents are. Um, and there's going to be a, a GRM where it's, so the rents divided, or it'd be the purchase price divided by the rents. And that's going to give you the GRM. I hope I'm saying that right. Okay. Not good at doing math in my head while I'm talking. You know, uh, while we're talking about duplexes, um, because you see more and more people uh, getting into them, especially later or later years in life. Um, I know my wife and I have talked about it, uh, you know, downsizing here in the future, uh, maybe getting a duplex um, on one floor. But a couple of questions do, because I've got a friend that lives in a duplex and he owns one half and somebody else owns the other half. Oh, yep. So is that pretty much common? And do they ever come up where they're both for sale? And if so, say I was to buy a duplex, both sides, is there enough money to pay the mortgage by renting the one out? Basically, am I going to be able to live for hardly anything? Um, So the answer to that question is probably no. Mm -hmm. a lot of people have that expectation. Yeah, a lot of people think that. Yeah, you'd have to get a screaming hot deal sure. to be able to get that to happen. Right. Now, it's not impossible. Um, you're probably not going to find that, as much as I hate to say it, you're probably not going to find that deal on the market. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. you're going to do to find that type of deal is drive by, uh, drive around town, look at duplexes that are really run down and vacant looking. And what you want to find is a duplex where you can tell the owner just does not want anything to do with it anymore. Sure. Okay. It has not been maintained. It has not been repaired. It looks like it's falling apart. If you can find a duplex like that and fix it up yourself, even after you've paid the money to fix it up, that's a situation where you might be able to get a good enough deal on it mm-hmm. and then fix it up and live in it and be completely rent-free. The average house, though, you're going to majorly subsidize your cost of living by living in half right. of it and rent right. out the other half. Um but after you figure the cost of utilities and the cost of, you know, the other costs of ownership, like maintenance, repairs, and vacancy, you're not going to be, you're probably not going to be living for free, but you can get close on some. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other way that people live for free is like young people, you know, college people or college age people or whatever, they'll uh, buy a house that's a five bedroom, live in one of the bedrooms, sure. rent out the other four mm-hmm. and have their buddies be paying rent to them they might be able to live rent-free in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, You know, I mow almost six acres. I have a half-mile-long driveway, uh, which is all slush right now and and no fun. But there's a time where I want somebody to mow my lawn. I want somebody to take care of my snow removal while I'm not here in the winter. But, you know, you always think of that kind of things. But even if if your payments, you know, if you rent out the other half, it, like you said, it's going to help you out a lot. Yeah. Uh, but you're not going to be living for free in, unless you get that perfect, perfect deal. And you're yeah. probably going to have to dump a bunch of money into it. 
that's that's one way. And then the other way is if you really are willing to sacrifice some some cost of or some quality of living mm-hmm. things. You sure. Know, for example, like if you buy a duplex and you decide to live in the basement of it and you rent out the main floor. Okay. The main floor is going to rent out for a lot more than the basement. Mm-hmm. So then you might be able to get your cost of living. Okay. Or if you were to live in one unit of kind of a dumpier fourplex and rent out the other ones, then you might be able to pull it off. Okay. Um, now back to the your original question. I got a little bit off track, but about what can go wrong if you don't list with an agent who knows their stuff about rental property. This this actually a very similar situation happened to a client of mine. So they had a duplex. It was. Uh, the, my main point of contact, it was her parents that owned it, and she was kind of in charge of handling it. Okay. And they wanted to get rid of it. They listed with a different realtor, and um, the other realtor put it on the market for $360,000. This re- property was bringing in, I think, about $2,200 a month in rent. It was on the nicer end, so it's going to be able to sell at a higher multiple of the rents because mm-hmm. it had a lot of the – it was very low maintenance, maintenance-free siding, newer windows, oh, sure. you know updated units so the new owner is not going to have to sink a bunch of cash into it right away and therefore they're willing to buy or buy it at a higher multiple of the rents mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. it were really dumpy and needed a lot of fixing up it would be trading at a lower multiple of the rents just because there's those upcoming costs and you know it's going to need right. to be updated for everything to balance out um so they they price reduced it down like thirty eight thousand dollars after being on the market for i think one month still no bites um and this was like way, way off because if you were to get a mortgage on this property, it'd be losing money each month if it's renting sure. for $2,200 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, sat for 90 days. They canceled the listing. Um, they called me up and I think they were either referred to me or had read my reviews online or something like that. And I took a look at things and basically on the very highest possible end of things, um, we could have priced it at 250 based on what some other properties, what other nicer duplexes had sold out as a gross rents multiplier. Mm-hmm. Um, we priced it at 250 and keep in mind, it still has to appraise. Yep. Uh, we priced it at 250. We accepted an offer within a week, um, but the appraiser couldn't even justify the 250,000. Really? Yeah. So that shows they were overpriced by over a hundred thousand. Over a hundred thousand. Yeah. And the problem there is I think the owner thought that their property was worth the same price per square foot than single family homes. Oh, sure. Yeah. I I think the owner was pretty, you know, I, um, when I explained to them how this works, they understood it, but I don't know if maybe there was some sort of, I think maybe something that wasn't able to be conveyed with their first agent. So, um, appraisal comes in low appraisal comes in at 220,000. Um, I provided, so the appraiser used a couple of different comps than the, one, than the ones I used. And I had what I thought were some good comps. I provided them to the appraiser. He actually changed his appraisal and included my comps and raised the value up to 230. Still wasn't as much as I wanted it to, but it is super rare that an appraiser will say, hey, those are actually good enough comps. I'm going to include them. Mm-hmm. So saved my seller $10,000 right there just through that. And um, we closed on it. They were super happy. And it set a record for the highest ever price per square foot uh, two-story duplex to ever sell in the MLS at the time. Wow. Um, so, yes, listing a property at too high of a price can really shoot it in the foot. Um, if you don't know how rental properties are valued, it's going to be this is going to be tricky for you because you're not going to be able to look at it through the eyes of an investor. You have to be able to look at it through the eyes of an investor and the way an investor is actually going to analyze it to make sure it's accurately priced. And I think that's maybe what went wrong for them with their first agent. 
you know, I like how you use nice words like conveyed. Uh, to me, it sounds like it's just uh, one of those realtors that really didn't quite get it. Um, you know, could you imagine uh, the people trying to sell this and they say, yeah, we can get this for it. And obviously you can't. Yeah. And then, you know, realty expert John Brodine steps in it and, and educates them a little bit on how this really works. And yeah. everybody ends up happy when it's done. And I will say that person, they're a good realtor. Mm-hmm. Um but maybe the investment property side of things isn't their strong suit, so they just sure. weren't able to communicate to the owner why the house wasn't worth what the owner thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it cost the owner some time, some hassle, uh, but at least we were eventually able to get it done. You so. know, of, of all the uh, Berkshire Hathaway podcasts that we've done, time and hassle are two words that are used a lot. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, it's funny because we run an ad for a company here where it seems like uh, the ad starts out, everything seems to be done like right now. Everything yeah. needs to be done boom, 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 because that is the world we live in right now. It's true, yeah. And if you don't have a good realty, a, real, a realtor or a realty expert, you're going to face more time, you're going to face more hassle, you're going to face more headaches. Yep. That's where you guys come in. Yep, yep. You know, it, selling on your own is going to be the ultimate waste of time and hassle. Listing with an average realtor is going to save you some time and hassle and maybe a little bit of money. Listing with a top-notch realtor is going to be the lowest hassle, the lowest waste of time, and the most cost savings out of any possible way to sell a home. All right. You got anything else? No, that's everything for me. We ready to go uh, have a good weekend? Yeah, have fun at Elton John. I'm going to. (laughs) Have yourself a great weekend. I know it'll be a few weeks till we see you again. Yeah. All right, there you go. If you have any questions or comments for realty expert John Brodine, how do they get a hold of you, John? Uh, Follow me on Instagram, John Brodine Realtor. Follow me, uh, subscribe to me on YouTube. If you want to not miss anything, turn on post notifications on both of those platforms. Um, I put out a lot of good content. You guys will like it. If you want to set up an appointment with me, 701-213-5428 is my cell phone. All right, there you go. Realty expert John Brodine with your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. Until Wednesday, everybody, have yourself a great weekend. 